How you doing? How you been? It's Dominic Cherico here for the Who's Keeping Score podcast. I'm here along with Jason Gordon. Jason, how you doing today, man? Doing real well. Uh, just got back from Iceland the other day. Absolutely unbelievable trip. That place is sick. Went snowmobiling, glacier hiking. It was just spectacular. Just one Ab- with nature. This guy's just- one with nature. I'm I'm a nature guy, I guess. Now you know, speaking you, of nature, I'm seeing a nice little eclipse sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah, I got a nice. I'll put, put the camera down. We got the main eclipse. Uh, anybody out there doesn't know? They spent. I want to say they spent two years in the EHL, but they actually folded twice. Two times. Count it. <laughs> uh, but uh, actually, funny story. When Joe and I were playing for the Avs last year, we had a game scheduled with the main Eclipse. And I think in their first game, what did they lose? Like 17 nothing one game? Yeah, the yeah. first weekend, I think they got outscored like 34-2 to two or something like yeah. that. Something absolutely ridiculous. So we, went, we were supposed to go play them. And obviously, like, if we played them, we would have been pretty bad. So we show up at the rink and, uh, like, there's no one there. Like, there's no team to play. And then, like, we had to sit there for, like, a couple hours, and uh, our coach walks in. What'd you say, Joe? Nothing. That was a weird weird moment there. We'll move on. A little little technical glitch. Sorry. Um, Coach walks in. He's like, yeah, they folded. Like, there's no team to play. Like, we just had to come up here to get the forfeit. We had to drive, what, two hours to go to Maine to get a fucking forfeit? It was stupid. But, hey. I got a nice sweatshirt out of it. Go main eclipse, like represent. That's awesome. What a story. That's a cla- that that's gotta be up there with some of the 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 biggest EHL kind of what just happened um of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Absolute sonk. Sonk. And you know, that's that's Gordo, folks. So Joe, Joe, how you doing, man? Doing well. Doing well. Happy to be on here. Got a good Good guest today. Uh, back to Gordo's story real quick. I actually, I got out of that one. I had um, uh, kind of going into something else we're going to be talking about a little bit today. Uh, I had an injury at that time. So I didn't even, I didn't even have to go on the bus trip. Got to sit home at the apartment, do nothing. <laughs> Wait, actually, let me just say, it wasn't even a bus trip. We didn't get a bus. We drove ourselves up to Maine, and then coach is like, "Hey boys, we got free ice. Head back to the ice den, and, and let's go. Let's go play four on four. <laughs> Let me get this straight: four hours in the car, no game. Let's go play four on four. I'm absolutely pissed, but you know, whatever. Dom, what's going on with you, man? Uh, nothing. Got surgery last week. Um, you know, just just kind of hanging out, chilling, watching a lot of movies. So the movie recommendation for me is going to be good this week. Um, other than that, I, I watching hockey, watching baseball, Red Sox, just, you know, they had a six game win streak or seven, um, but they lost last night, sadly. Uh, so, you know, what are you going to do? You can't win them all, but they're very close to 500 again. So that's a little bit more exciting baseball to watch. I love my baseball. Um, 
other than that, I just kind of sit around and do nothing. Took a shower this morning, which is kind of kind of a main highlight for me. Uh, oh yeah. Might end up might end up leading to a nap later today, just because it was a it's a lot of work getting in and out, in and out of the shower for sure. But um, you know, I can't complain about a nap considering I'd either be watching a movie or taking a nap. So um, today today we got. Uh, we're going to talk about the NHL playoffs. We're going to talk about Big Booty Mix 21, which came out on Monday. Uh, we're going to be going through kind of injuries in junior hockey. And we're going to follow that up with a, with a movie recommendation before we hit it to our guest of the week, Thomas Dempsey, who's going to run us through um, his his career so far and and where he's going um, next year and, and his his story. So without further ado, we're going to talk about the NHL playoffs. Where to start, fellas? Where to start? I think we have to start with Tampa. Yeah, I mean a wagon. An actual wagon. I will be the first to say I was so wrong about them. I honestly wasn't sure if they are making out of the first round because I was going for Toronto. Like I wasn't sure if they'd make it out of the first round. Made it out of the first round. They made the Panthers look stupid. They played so much better. It was unbelievable. I was shocked. Well, it was no contest. And, and you, you know, you kind of feel bad for Toronto because, you know, they, they haven't won a first round series um, in forever. And yeah. they just played Tampa. And it was, it, that was a series. That was, that was legit. And, yeah. um, you know, Vasilevsky is just so good. It's ridiculous. It's it's so ridiculous. I mean, he's he gave up no more than one goal in all four of those games and got a shutout in the last one. So I mean, it's just how are you supposed to how are you supposed to beat him when he's gonna give up a maximum of one goal every night? Well, and 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 I know we were talked about it yesterday when we were we were, we were talking. It was uh. We were talking about Connor McDavid. We'll we'll get to that a little bit later and how he he kind of needs a league for himself. But I don't know. Maybe Vasilevsky deserves to be in that league uh, to play against McDavid for for him to not score so many goals. I mean, yeah, that would that would be interesting to see. I'm kind of with you, but also like look at the Panthers. Like they're big guys. Like their top their top guys just didn't get the job done. Like when you're looking to make a playoff push, going for the Stanley Cup. Like if you're top goal scorers aren't putting the puck in the net, like you're just, you're not going to win. Like you guys no. to pick it up. Right. Well, I mean, they almost, they almost, we got to circle back to the, they almost lost to the Capitals too. So right when that happened, I didn't talk about it last week, but I said, to, I said to my brother, there's just no, there's no way that, that Florida can beat Tampa if, if they barely beat the Washington Capitals. Right and, right and and Ilya Samsonov, who I went to a Hershey Bears game one time, and he was the worst professional goalie I've ever seen in my life. I like it was I I couldn't believe it. I I was just like baffled. He was he was standing at the top of the circles on a on a power play because he didn't want to he he wanted to. I just couldn't I couldn't wrap my brain around it. That I it was ridiculous. Yeah, sounds sounds a bit ridiculous, but uh. Yeah, I mean, also, uh, I think I think I heard something that uh, um, was it was a game four. They got shut out, right? They got shut out. Yeah, they got shut out uh, to get swept. And 
I think that was the first time all season that they got shut out. It which was is just ridiculous. I mean, your season's on the line, like the winner go home and you get shut out for the first time. I mean, that's, that's pretty crazy to me. Well, I saw something ridiculous too. This is a ridiculous claim. I, I thought there was no way this is true, but before the night before, I think game three and game four were back to back. Right. Yeah. And, uh, game at the night after game three, the the Panthers found themselves out of the gentlemen's club. No chance that's real. I I heard you it on TikTok or something. I saw no. it. I thought I saw it on Spitting Chicklets. Oh, I saw, I, I saw it too. I heard it on TikTok from some guy, and I was like, "There's no way that a group of professional hockey players who make millions of dollars and want to win a Stanley Cup championship when they're this good is going to take." the risk of going to a club the night before potentially their season's over unless they thought it was over which like is ridiculous but <laughs> there's no shot that is a real story yeah i mean i i think i actually buy it i'm gonna i'm gonna go against you here i think that yeah. they definitely were i think they were probably thinking like the first three games like holy shit what just happened like we we haven't been shut down like this all season like we gotta try something different like let's let's go out tonight you know they were out till 3 a.m. You think they were just relaxing? I, I don't know. I don't think that. Oh, no, no, no. They weren't relaxing, but they were just trying something different, I think. They're trying to get the, the juices going. I don't know. Some adrenaline. I, I... It worked really well, though. They're playing golf now. so yeah. something, <laughs> something different ended up being uh, them getting shut out for the first time all year. So, yeah, it's a good point. Uh, <laughs> that was That was something. Um, I think we got to talk next about the battle of Alberta. I think that that's, um, that's a great series to watch. What do you guys got? I mean, it's, it's not really anything but the Connor McDavid show. Like he is so leaps and bounds better than every player I have in, in the series, in the league. He just said, you know what? Get on my back, and I'm going to carry you guys to the promised land. That is how good this guy is. It is He is stupid good, and he's making this league just look like a joke. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty crazy. I mean, he definitely definitely needs a league of his own. We talked about that. Him and, him and Vassy could sit in a league of their own together maybe. But, um, yeah, I think this is uh, one of the best series going on uh yeah. the whole playoffs like it's every night is just like e- even uh I forget what game it was I think it might have been game one but it was like Calgary was blowing them out and then Edmonton comes back ties the game they still lose it's like even when it's a blowout the games are still entertaining it was a 9-6 uh, game they were 15 yeah, exactly. goals scored in the game yeah and they were they were down I think uh five two or six two at one point and then come back to tie it at six i'm pretty sure and then they lose nine six but i mean it's just really entertaining hockey you know watching Connor mcdavid is just like it's a treat he's he's it's anything i've ever seen it's ridiculous like you got it on the tv and you got to switch the channel because it's so it's so grotesque when they get when they you're just like wow i can't people can't see me watching this this is inappropriate (laughs) Well, I mean, we were also talking about like Evander Kane. Like he's he's good, and he's looked really good this playoffs. But when you're playing with Connor McDavid, 
it, the game is so easy. I mean, he, the way he skates, the way he uses his hands, the way he uses his body, like, all he has to do is tap the puck in. I'm not taking anything away from him because he's, he's a good player and he's done well. But, like, when you're playing with a guy that has that much skill, it's it, it makes the game so much easier and probably a lot more fun. Oh, definitely a lot more fun. Uh, Vander Kane, I, I, stack guy Dom doesn't know off the top of his head, but I do know that he's leading the leading the league in goals in the playoffs. I think he has 11 or 12. Yeah, so so that's that's big. Yeah, he's gonna get paid too. He's gonna he's gonna work him work himself out of that uh that hole he dug him. <laughs> he, did, he did he did dug, dig himself a hole for sure. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just check real quick. Evander Kane has 12 goals. David Perron has nine. Speaking of David Perron, um, I I I I can't believe Colorado didn't win last night. I thought that they would definitely finish that series last night. Especially after McKinnon's goal, his end-to-end goal. I mean, that was that was like I, I don't know. He, he had McDavid speed going there. I mean, he's also probably probably the second best skater in the league. But I mean, that was just a crazy goal, especially with two minutes left. Like, and then they they go on to give up the lead again and yeah. then go into overtime. But that was a crazy goal, crazy game by him. He had a hat trick. Hat trick sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that was crazy. I was I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it definitely looked like McDavid though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know, this has been this has been good playoffs. I like I like the teams that are playing. All of them I think have been very entertaining. I think every series has been entertaining. I think there are a couple guys who are standing. I mean, I think the Rangers have been doing well. Down to well, they were down two zero, right? They won the last two. Yeah, well, that's. That's the Carolina, the home Carolina Hurricanes. It's a good thing they have home home ice advantage, and they get four games. They're gonna win. They're gonna win every game at home, and they're gonna lose every game on the road again. Just like just like against the Bruins, it's just like it, the the Hurricanes will win the series. It's like automatic. It's like scripted. Part two. Yeah, you can't beat them at home. You you literally just can't beat them at home. It's I. It makes no sense, but yeah. Well, it's but crazy. they can't win on the road either. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's just, it's just a disappointing thing where where they have home ice advantage, you know. Yeah, oh. but, I think uh, we gotta talk about uh, like the goalies just getting run too. This this playoffs, we got Lucic running over uh, Mike Smith. We got the whole Kadri Binnington situation. I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think Kadri could have avoided the contact. He got hit into the into Binnington. Yeah, no, I, I don't think so either, but it's just one of those things. It's like because it's Kadri, he's exactly. got the reputation. Like everybody is going to yeah. gonna think he did it on purpose, maybe like accidentally on purpose type of thing, you know? I think it was accidental because he didn't, he didn't like make any effort to like get at it. Like he, he kind of just let him go into it a little bit. I don't – I disagree. His angle was going away from the net and the – I saw I saw like a picture. His angle was going like to the right of the net, and by getting hit by the guy, it bounced him back into into Bennington. Okay, I I didn't see that. I mean, I don't know. All I thought I thought it was so funny though when uh, apparently Bennington threw a water bottle at his press yeah. conference. That's just an absolute comedy show. I don't like just, Bennington. I I like his antics. I mean, I I think it's funny. I think like I think it's just good because um. 
like it's good for the game like no one else like there's no one else like him in the nhl like he'll say whatever's on his mind he'll he'll do stupid shit when he knows it's like stupid and he shouldn't be doing it but it's just like he doesn't care and i kind of like that well i always think about the one time that he got pulled in san jose and oh, he he i don't know i don't know who he punched in the face but he or no he fake punched he fake punched like Burns in the face or something like that with his blocker. He faked it. And then Dubnik, he had to skate by Dubnik to get off the ice because there wasn't enough room on the road bench. So he just starts fighting Dubnik uh, on the way because Dubnik came out of the net and they just start like chucking blockers at each other. And I was like, what is going on here? What, what in the world? I think it's hilarious. I think it's a comedy show. I love it. That's That's – it, it, it's funny stuff. It's it's good stuff. Um, moving on, we are going to talk about Big Booty Mix Twenty One real quick. I I you know we talked about Big Booty Mixes last week. Joe, what, do you, what what's your what's your take? It's a solid one, definitely solid. Um, definitely um, a lot better than or a lot better first impression than the last couple ones that came out gave me. Uh, I think. Big booty mixes are just the type of thing that, like, the first time you hear it, it might sound okay, and then like they kind of get better over time. If if you guys agree, um, like fine wine. But, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but I, I would say it has potential to be maybe in my top top five. Uh, definitely not top three. And I gotta circle back to to last episode really quick. Um, it's criminal that I don't have 17 in my top three. I was just listening to that this last week, and that's a really good one. That is a really good one. Very um, oh, what's the word? Oh, I can't even think of the word. Dash dash two now. Um, I I uh, it's I don't know what what makes Un- you think of the old times. Maybe? No, I underappreciated, but like makes you think of the old times. What what does that mean? Nostalgic. Nostalgic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's an apple. Thanks, boys. <laughs> yeah. Happy to help. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i a big fan of 21. I was listening to it while I was working out. It was getting me absolutely psyched. I, I was loving it. It's got a couple songs in it that I absolutely love. I mean, you guys know. Like, I Hate College. Love that song. Underused song. Great one. I was getting psyched. Definitely in my top five. One day will probably make my top three. We'll see how things go, but I, I loved it. I had a good time listening to it. I'm still gonna listen to it. Probably there today. is there is one thing that I um there that I heard in that song that I know you don't like the song, Gordo. Um, it's right at the beginning. Is come back to bed. It's, come back to bed, baby. Don't leave. You know what I'm th- Oh wait, no. That's not the song. That's not the song that's in there. I no, like that song. I like that song. It's, it's you should probably go to bed. You should probably I should probably go to bed. I think it's I should, I should probably go to bed. That's what it is. Yeah, sorry. That's my bad. I I love that last song, Come Back to Bed. That, you know, it's you know, the bed the bed songs are really getting getting into my into my kitchen minus 3 now. Um, yeah, Don, you should probably you should probably go to bed after being minus three this early in the pod. Oh my gosh, only nineteen minutes in—that's brutal. Um, yeah, I, I like the mix. I don't I don't know if it's my top five right now, but 
uh, we'll, we'll see. It's, it's, it's an age thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, well, should we move on to our, our big topic before we get, uh, before we get Dempsey on? Yeah. Yeah, sure. We'll, uh, talk about, talk about our injuries. Uh, we, we kind of, we kind of, first of all, we, we kind of been, um, chatting a lot so far. We're, we're 20 minutes in, uh, injuries, um, Gordo, what, what type of injuries have you endured throughout your hockey career so far? Um, let's see. I mean, a couple of concussions. I think that's a pretty common thing with, with hockey guys. I'm sure we've all been there. Um, you know, big ones, small ones, just kind of weird bumps, stuff like that. Uh, I think the biggest one for me was my wrist. Um, when I was 16, I broke my wrist in a summer showcase. Um, I mean, shattered, gone. I broke tons of bones in my hand, uh, both sides of my wrist. I ended up needing surgery. Um, I think it was about a, it was supposed to be an eight month recovery. And then I was young enough and I, I worked hard at PT. So I got back for the start of the season. Um, so I had that, which was a big one, separated both my shoulders. Uh, and then this year I missed time with, uh, a pulled adductor. I missed part of the playoffs for that. So very common hockey injuries. Um, I think a lot of that actually shaped how my hockey career actually went. Um, injuries are tough though. And I think that's why we want to talk about it. Cause obviously you guys are going through it. You guys have been through it before, but now like going from juniors to college and you're going through these injuries, I think it's you know important to talk about that and, and kind of how you're dealing with it and stuff like that. So I guess we'll start it off with that type of stuff. Nice. Nice. Yeah. The injuries are tough. Joe, what, uh, what injuries you've been going through? Yeah, well, right now I got the uh, torn Achilles, um, so that's not not ideal for the timing, I guess, because it's just like, uh, you know, going my first year into college, I wanted to have a good summer of training and make sure my body was ready because obviously it's a jump up. Um, so I'm not going to be able to really do that to the extent I would like, but, um, you know, you got you to gotta roll with the punches, do what you can. I could still work on the upper body so so that's uh so you what i will be look at yeah I'll, I'll, I'll look good at the beach for sure <laughs> um but yeah that's it's a tough one i mean it's a long recovery um i've had i tore my labrum in my shoulder the summer of my 15s year and i didn't actually find out that it was torn and i needed surgery until like the season was just about to start for my 16s year. So I actually played my 16s year with um with a torn labrum and my shoulder would dislocate pretty much every other game or so. Wasn't wasn't fun, but I'm I'm glad I did that and didn't get to or didn't have to lose Oh, excuse me. Um <laughs> didn't have to lose a full season. Um so so that was tough and then this year I'm I uh also in the beginning of the season uh separated my other shoulder and that's when i got to to miss the the fake main eclipse trip <laughs> so maybe that one was a blessing i don't know uh, that <laughs> one that one was a blessing take that one to the bank yeah what about you don what do you got uh you know i knock on wood here i don't I don't think I've had any concussions. That's, that's, I know Gordo, you said that. I don't think I've had any concussions. Um, who knows, right? Uh, I mean, 
that's just a terrible thing to say. But um, I've broken my wrist, which I did my 15s year. I did that in a scrimmage, actually, right before our Central District playoffs. It was a scrimmage against our 14 team, and I passed the puck, and my hands were extended, and it just got hit, and it went and it, it wasn't a big break, no surgery, nothing, nothing crazy. I broke, um, what's that called? Um, growth plate. So it was, it was, it was not, not no, no Gordo level, um, broken wrist. Uh, I broke my collarbone two years before that, actually on the same sheet of ice in Omaha, but I played for a different team. So that's just a bad luck sheet of ice. Um, I, I won't it's be going back there anytime soon. Yeah, staying away from that building for sure. Um, what else? Uh, I tried that I, right now. I'm going through uh, it. It's it's more of a ruptured PCL. The thing was just just a big explosion in there. Um, I did that in September, uh, first day of practice, and played the played the whole season on it. Uh, it was, it serves me right. Cause the whole summer I was talking about how I had never missed a game in my first season in the EHL and, and, um, you know, second, second season comes underway and, and I, I hurt myself and I'm like, Oh, I just gotta be ready in two weeks for, for opening night. And, and, uh, a week later I had like the ACT and I was, we were supposed, Oh man, this is, might be a story for another time actually. But we, we, we ended up playing new England wolves in a, in a, in a preseason game. And that's the only, only game I ever missed was a preseason game against the new England wolves. I'll, I'll finish that story some other time. Cause, cause that one's, a, that one's kind of a long one, but um, yeah. uh, other than that, you know, just got surgery last week. So um, one of the big things that I think everybody doesn't understand when you're in the, when you're in the EHL or really when you're playing anything is that that college, I played in the college showcase. We'll talk to Dempsey about that. Um, he was on my team. They're just, they're, they're men. I mean, you know, going into school as a 21 year old freshman, you're, you're coming out as a, as a, well, right now they might be a 26 year old graduate student, right. If they wanted right. to stay for an extra year. Right. So, um, you know, you're, you're a man. It's they're, they're big boys. So they're strong. And, and I don't really get to just like Joe get to, get to kind of bulk up and get, get strong for, for the, for college. But, but we'll, we'll kind of, we'll play that as it goes. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And I think that's, that's one of the tough parts about injuries, especially when you're younger and not like in, in an established position, I guess, or like trying to make it to the next level, especially it's like when you're injured, you know, you can't do anything really to, to get your body stronger, to get better at hockey. Like, obviously we're not going to be skating. We can't, I mean, we could work out, but like not normal workouts. Not um, a hockey workout. I mean, right. I, I have, a, I have a buddy, Zach Windeworth. He played with me at the Skipjacks. And one of the main things he told me when we were, when we would work out, like after skates, him or Christos, him and I would go up upstairs and work out after after practice and things like that and just kind of extra um we would never do upper body he said he had never worked out his upper body in his life he and he was he goes to skid more now like he's 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 beyond this he's he's legit that guy is i skate with him he's another new jersey guy um i skate with him a little that kid like the way he trains the way he like thinks about hockey that he he gets it 
He gets yeah. sharp, but I thought that was important. No, that's true. That's true. Yeah, he was my roommate in in York. We we used to watch Friends every night. It was it was a great time. So um, yeah, he yes, he, he was just like Gordo and would fall asleep with his phone on. So that was something. <laughs> Gordo's so n- notorious for that, just falling asleep on TikTok full blast. I have I have a couple of videos of it. It's pretty funny. Right. Um, that's not really that relevant. I, I don't yeah. think that's it. Yeah, except for except for he's also falling asleep before it even hits nine bells on the clock. <laughs> All right, you know, I didn't realize it was a roast Gordo session. I thought we were having, I thought we were having informative conversations, but I guess boss. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll take it off you for a second, Gordo. We'll circle back to injuries. I think it's just also when you're younger too, when you have kind of longer injuries that take longer to recover from, it could be kind of stressful too because like. You're in when I was 15, for example, like it's 15 is like an age where you're supposed to be like developing your game, like taking your game to the next step and, you know, not being able to skate for like a full summer and not being able like pretty much just starting my upper body from scratch again. Like it it could be it could be like stressful, like, you know, like, well, other kids got better this summer and I took a a couple steps back, like nothing really you could do about it. So it's definitely a tough thing to deal with. I, I, I'm with you there. Cause I, I broke my wrist. Like when I played for the Hitmen, we did this thing, which I thought was so dumb, but that's not for me to say, I guess is hmm. we played 12 months. We played four tournaments over the summer. Like we, like we grinded all summer. I mean, like most of the time we were burnt out by the season came anyway, but I hurt my wrist in the first game of the first tournament. And I spent the whole summer out. And like, that's the 16s. Like, I don't know about your 16 teams but that was the first year we had scratches like we had a couple guys we had a guy not in the lineup some games like we we had a kid who like would like jump up and down like sometimes play with the um we had like another 16 team i think so like that was like the first year of that and i ended up coming back first week of september for training camp and just being like we're running and i was like holy shit i, I can't breathe like I haven't, I haven't been able to do anything. Cause when I, when I would run, like my wrist would like, I get shooting pains all the way through my shoulder and everything. So I could barely do anything all summer. And that's like the first year where like kids are starting to look at juniors. Kids are starting to like make the jump to the next level. You know, I saw a bunch of my friends start looking at colleges, like, and I was sitting there on my couch, like, obviously I'm out of shape, can't skate. I can't do anything. Um, and it's, it's hard. I mean, obviously, like, you know, you're a little younger then. And I think as you get older, you realize that, like, yeah, injury set you back, but it's more about like how you come back from it. And I think it took me too long to like mentally come back because I was yeah. so I felt so behind, even though I really wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's the other part of it too. It, like, it in a way maybe could be a good thing too. Like you you're forced to spend some time away from the game. Maybe it makes you miss the game a little more. So when you get back, you're that much more hungry to to get yourself back into shape, get yourself where you need to be. Yeah. So, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah, that's good. Uh, do we want to just do the movie recommendation with Dempsey when he, when we ask his um, movie or do we want to talk about it right now? Um, we could do it with Demps. Yeah. We yeah just that's, all together. that's cool. Awesome. Awesome. So as long as you guys are good to go, we will shoot it to our guest. Um, uh, Thomas Dempsey. So thanks for listening. And here he is. 
my pleasure to welcome Thomas Dempsey to the podcast today. Joe and I had the pleasure of playing with Thomas this season, and Dom also got a chance to play with him at the College Showcase. Thomas played two years of juniors, spending time with the South Shore Kings of the NCDC and the New Hampshire Avalanche in the EHL. The Chatham, New Jersey native played 71 junior hockey games, and he recorded 29 points. Thomas is committed to Suffolk University in Boston for the fall. Welcome to the Who's Keeping Score podcast, Thomas Dempsey. Thanks for having me, Jason. Thanks, uh, Joe and Dominic as well. It's, it's going to be a pleasure and looking forward to it. So, Yeah, we're happy to get you on, man. Uh, so let's get right into it. Do uh, you want to just tell, tell the people a little bit about yourself, maybe your story on like how, how you got into hockey? Absolutely. Um, so I started at a very young age. I started around uh, when I was six years old. Um, I had a cousin from New Canaan, Connecticut, and he kind of pioneered the ship and kind of tossed down some of his old equipment to me. And that's how I kind of got right into the hockey thing. And he was a big role model for me. Um, and I'll get into it later. He did the whole prep school route, D3. And, and that was something that I aspired to do as well. So I, I looked to follow in his footsteps and he was kind of a role model for me. Um, my hockey career started, uh, like I said, when I was around six years old, started at some local ranks. I play a lot for my town team, Chatham Hockey. Um, we have some pretty good hockey players around my age, so I was able to learn a lot at a fast age, uh, at an early age. And just growing up in some tough competition helped me grow as an, as an athlete and as a person. Um, my first kind of dip into the competitive hockey world started when I started to play for the New Jersey Youth Devils, and that's where I spent most of my youth experience. Um, there we kind of, we played out of uh, this rink in South Orange, New Jersey, called South Mountain Arena, and we have a lot of uh, memories. I have a lot of memories from there. Um, I pretty much played there until uh, up until mites to my U15 year. That was my last year with the Devils. So a lot of my development, uh, I'm kind of in debt to the New Jersey youth because they helped me grow a lot as a person, as a hockey player, and I spent a lot of time there over the years. And a large portion of my hockey career is with the New Jersey Devils youth. So that was awesome. Um, and like I said before, my last year was a uh, youth team with the Devils. Um, and I had a tough decision on my hands for my U16 year. I was considering um, the Mercer Chiefs or the uh, the Hitmen, the New Jersey Hitmen. And, uh, yeah, I, I, for me at the time, it was an interesting decision. Um, that's where like my first year where I really thought like, wow, like hockey is something I want to do. Hockey is something I want to pursue in college. Um, so to get the next step, I thought it was best for myself to leave the Devils. And for my development, I, I wanted to look at a little more serious program, which would help me get to the next step. Um, the reason why I chose the, uh, the Mercer Chiefs, um, I still played a lot of baseball at the time. And when talking to the hitmen, um, the him was kind of like this full year um, expectation. It was kind of like the full year package. And a lot of my spring and summer was devoted to baseball. So I couldn't give them the commitment that they wanted to have. Meanwhile, Mercer Chiefs, um, while they did have a lot of spring and summer activities for us, um, they were a little more flexible with me and willing to work with me. And that um, kind of pioneered my decision to pick the Mercer Chiefs. And at the end of the day, uh, we played the uh, Hitmen in probably like our third to last game of the season in the district finals or to the, the district semifinals, I should say. 
and uh, it had a lot of meaning for me because I chose between the two teams, and we ended up with four defensemen and six forwards that game. We ended up beating the hitmen, so it all it all worked out at the end, which was in overtime. I was on the ice at overtime goal, and I don't know who it might have been you who was a defenseman who uh-huh. like chipped it like all the way out of the zone. I was in the I was in the O zone, obviously not playing D. And- <laughs> And, like the puck just goes over all five of our guys' head, lands straight on the blue line. I think it was like D'Angelo or whatever, just comes yeah. in, scores, and I was like, "Oh, I guess my season's over." Oh, yeah. So that that was crazy. Yeah, that was that was definitely one of the crazier, grittier games that we had the whole season. It was a battle, but it was definitely well well worth it. And then, in terms of my development after that season, um, like I said before, I was a big baseball player, so. My U18, um, I was looking at a few U18 teams. The Hitman was one of them or the Avalanche. And again, that was a full year commitment. And I didn't really know if I wanted to do that, especially with my baseball. Um, still kind of in the way. I was still a little unsure of what to do. Um, so I started looking into prep schools a little so I could kind of get the best of both worlds. Meanwhile, still get a high quality hockey competition. Um, and for that, I kind of looked at some some academic institutions that had good hockey teams and had good baseball teams. And um, I stumbled across Groton and I reached out to uh, the Groton's head coach, Bill Riley. And uh, from that initial conversation, we had a, we had a connection and I toured Groton like two weeks after I spoke with him and I kind of fell in love with it right away. Um, I also looked at Deerfield, Hotchkiss and Berkshire um, and really came down to Deerfield and and Groton and uh, I picked Groton basically because it's a lot smaller of a school than Deerfield. And I, I like the small school settings. I like the, the good one-on-one with the teachers. I like to be able to know everybody. Um, and I would have a lot of opportunity both in the ice rink and on the baseball field. So I thought that would be the best fit for me overall. Um, looking back at it, yeah, I had a great experience at Groton. I was able to uh, – I repeated my sophomore year um, – so I went, I had three years there. I was able to play two years of prep school hockey. Unfortunately, my senior year, um, last year was, uh, canceled because of COVID. Um, and yeah, last year with the whole COVID situation, Groton gave me the kind of ability to learn online while playing junior hockey. So you could say, um, so I was able to start off the year with the South Shore Kings, and then I ended up uh, with the New Hampshire Avalanche in uh, mid-November while simultaneously um, working on my senior year through Groton online courses. So pretty much last year from 7 a.m. to around like 9 p.m. I was I was grinding, whether it be class, homework, hockey practice, hockey workout. So it was a busy year for me last year, but... Honestly, I like being busy. I like having a structure. I like having a schedule. So it kind of worked out for me. And all in all, I was pretty happy. And obviously this past year, I, I was with the New Hampshire Avalanche for my age out year. My first full year playing junior hockey. And um, it was nothing short but a great experience. And I've been privileged to have a great hockey career. And it's taught me a lot about myself. And it's been a great experience. I love hockey. So. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I have a question. Do you, do you have any fun stories from, from your time at prep school? I didn't go to prep school, so I didn't have uh, kind of that same, same thing. So any, any stories that, you know, when I ask you, you're like, Oh, this was a good one. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I'd say um, the Groton hockey locker room was is different than a lot of the other hockey locker rooms that I've I've been in. Um, for example, the the Groton school is very diverse, so it pulls kids from many different backgrounds, and a lot of the kids have many different aspirations. Um, so I'd say the the Groton hockey locker room was a little more innocent, and in that way, it was a little more fun for me. I was um, I'm trying to think. We do a lot of team like dance competitions, and we do a lot of singing stuff. So seeing some kids that take their their academics very seriously, kind of step out of their comfort zone and see them dance and sing, and kind of just be someone who they are away from the classroom was a very cool experience for me. Because at the end of the day, we I lived with those kids, I took classes with them, and to share those experiences away from the classroom was honestly my favorite part and I got to learn about all the guys on my team in a different manner than if we were in the classroom and honestly that's what was one of the coolest experiences I had from being at prep school um so yeah that's awesome that's awesome that's cool stuff appreciate it Joey how'd you like prep school I loved it man I mean definitely I had um Groton is it's co-ed right it is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I had a- sorry. Sorry. South Kent is not. They're just a bunch of guys in the woods. Look at dudes, Look at dudes playing hockey in the woods. Yeah. Oh, man. So a much <laughs> different experience, but I, I also really, really enjoyed my experience. So I think it's definitely, especially as a hockey player who wants to continue on after high school, I think, uh, I think it's definitely a really good route. You, there's a lot of schools you really can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Well, I, I would do it all over again if I could. So I guess it's right. too to talk about like obviously we had Christos last week who went to South Kent with you, Joe. And I think like you know the hockey's definitely a little different at like a, a prep school as opposed to like an academy. Um, so I just talked a little bit about like the hockey at prep and then kind of how that like shaped your game and and going on to juniors. Like, what was that kind of like? I know I know it's like a little different of a a level and the way you guys play is a little different. So why don't you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. So um, for starters, Grand's very small. And like I said before, it's co-ed. There was about 380 kids in the school with eighth grade included. So my graduating class was around 90 kids. So if you cut that in half, there's about 45 guys. So it's pretty slim picking um, in terms of sports. And honestly, a lot of the sports at Grand sometimes struggle because they don't have the numbers. Um, that are, they're looking for to field, I guess, the best teams, um, for lack of better words. Um, so I, I knew I was going to have a lot of opportunity and flexibility at Groton um, to kind of do my thing and kind of play my game and let myself figure out what works and what doesn't. Um, in terms of practices, um, the prep school season is short. It runs till about the, the end of November till about the first week of March. So um, our our ice rink is also on top of an indoor tennis court, so our ice wouldn't go down till about the end of September, early October, and when that would happen, we would hold captain's practices Wednesday before school, and then sometimes after school, the ice would be open, so that would be a great way for me to work on my skills, get to know the guys, and um, I had a great relationship with my coach, too, um, so he kind of, like, let me figure out things on my own a little bit and figure out the player I wanted to be, and 
honestly, for that, I respect them a lot just because that's such a crucial age and you're kind of finding who you are as a person, who are who you are as a player, and he was there to support me every through every step. So that was um, definitely great. He gave me a lot of confidence in, in my game, and I found a lot of success at prep school, and I, I think that I owe a lot to him in, in that manner. Um, in terms of the structure for prep school, we'd practice Monday, Tuesday. We'd play Wednesday, practice Thursday, Friday, play Saturday. Pretty standard prep school schedule. Um, and a, kind of our practice were, were tailored to the teams we were playing just because we were a smaller school with a smaller roster. So we really had to know the ins and outs of our opponents um, in order to find success in the games that we we're playing. Um, so I guess... Sometimes when we were playing a stronger team, I'd kind of play a little more conservative role. Um, my coach would kind of, kind of tell me and tell me when to take chances, and tell me not, tell me when I should not take chances. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that really answered your question, but I'm just trying to fill you in on the details of the yeah. prep school hockey. So. That's perfect. Yeah. I, I, I was just curious. I didn't go to prep school. I didn't play that type of hockey. It's different. So I think it's a cool thing to talk about. Absolutely. Uh, so I know that, well, we were, we were teammates for, for a weekend. We played, uh, Curry and UMass Boston. We were supposed to play Fitchburg too. Um, kind of just run us through that experience. What, how, how the college showcase helped you and, uh, kind of what, what it was like, um, for you. Absolutely. Honestly, looking back on this season, those were my two favorite games I played just because of the level and physicality physicality and the speed. Um, I really enjoyed playing those games. Um, it was an eye-opening experience for me. I was playing against a lot a lot of guys who were more mature than me, who were older than me. And just seeing the way that how they play and playing against them taught me a lot about my game. Um, and that was kind of like, the two games where I was like, wow, like I'm so ready to play college hockey. Like I'm so looking forward to this. Like, this is awesome. Like the games were just so high speed and entertaining to play. They were fun to play. And we had a great group of guys that weekend. Um, so it really got me excited to play college hockey. And I, I kind of knew from that weekend that that's something I like, I really wanted to do and I, I couldn't be more excited for it. Um, was so. there anything that, that like, did the, did the speed and the physicality surprise you or did you expect for it to be the, the, the way that it was? I always knew that the speed and physicality was going to be a step up in tears. But the one thing that, that shocked me, especially as being a defenseman, um, like you, Dom, like you could maybe attest to this, but, like every time I was in the corner and I had the puck and I, someone would hit me, like even like if I just got the puck right off the stick, like everyone was finishing their checks and it was definitely something I knew I needed to be prepared for. Um, and I was just really impressed with the other teams and their discipline to finishing every check and just, they just, I just knew they were there the whole game. And that, that was as a defenseman, that's kind of a scary thing to realize. Like you, you, I was never comfortable, but, it forced me to make quick decisions and kind of just stick to my gut. And it was a really cool learning experience. So, yeah, I think that, that for me, I had never obviously played at a level like that. And the fact that you were getting hit every single time you touched the puck and, and you didn't, you didn't have the same, you know, you didn't have the same amount of time to, to kind of look up, be like, Oh, there's the guy right there. I'm going to pass to him. And, and then I'm going to go. It was, it was, 
you got you got two seconds. You got to make the pass, and then you're going to get hit. You're not going up in the play to join it. You're 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 picking yourself up after getting hit. Like this is that's it, it wasn't out there though, because you know if I was out there, you'd be you'd be fine. You know you weren't getting hit up there. <laughs> well, we played two games like back to back this year in like our normal like regular season. Like yeah, for two games I'd be pretty tired and beaten up. But I remember leaving. UMass Boston and driving back to Manchester, New Hampshire with uh, Mike Tressoni. And I was just like thinking to myself, like, wow, like I'm exhausted and I'm beat up right now. Like well, I couldn't believe it. Even we, you were, we, we were uh, uh, minus four now. Um, we, we, uh, we, we had eight defensemen. Did we not? It was, we did. And we, I was still tired. Like, I know after every shift I needed that rest. Yeah. Like I, like every shift, like I was literally like going one hundred ten percent. Otherwise, like I would have made a fool of myself. To be completely <laughs> honest, if you had to, like you exactly. had no other option. So um, yeah, no shifts off. Experience, and I'm really glad that I, I I feel privileged and lucky too to be able to play in those games and gave me a lot to look forward to. So yeah. Yeah, well, with that being the, I guess your your favorite two two games of this year or season. Uh, I know you, you know, all all three of you guys played for the Avalanche. Uh, can you kind of run us through what it was like playing for for Chris Sorella? Yeah, absolutely. So, like like I said before, like a lot of my, my hockey experience, um, I've kind of learned a lot about, like, myself, um, not even just at the rink. Um, I've learned a lot about myself through playing hockey and talking to people and sharing experience and the one thing I can say about playing for Chris Sorella is that he definitely, I definitely found the person that I wanted to be. Um, just away from the rink too, like I, I definitely found. Um, I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about my game. It wasn't always the easiest year, but I just learned that there's always light at the end of the tunnel, and we we faced a lot of adversity this year, and um, we didn't get the ending that we wanted, but. Um, he definitely uh, made me a better person, maybe not in the most direct way, but I definitely became a, a better hockey player and a better person after leaving the, uh, the New Hampshire Avalanche. That was, a really, so. that was a really good way to put it because I think Joe knows he was the hardest on me and you than any person on the team this year and apparently maybe harder on us than any person that's ever played for him. So yeah, I, I give you a yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah I mean, what were you saying, Joe? Yeah, I was just gonna jump in real quick and say like definitely. I mean, um, I think I think Coach Arella would would admit this himself. Like you, you two were definitely kind of uh, the whipping boys, I guess to say this year. Like you guys definitely. He was he was on your backs pretty pretty hard at times, and um, I think both of you guys did did a good job of of dealing with that because it's not it's not easy to go to the rink every day when you know okay, like I'm, I'm kind of on his bad side this week or something like that. Like, I know, like, I don't have a lot of room to, to make a mistake. Like it's gonna, it's, it's gonna end up with me getting yelled at. So it's not an easy thing to deal with. And I think, um, I think he, he was doing it out like to, to uh, get the best out of you guys. And I think you guys handled it very well. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, he expected a lot from us both. And, I always try to look at the positives out of every every situation. I think that was a compliment, just because he knew that we were we were capable of a lot, and he I think he just wanted 
to get the most out of us and yeah, and right. try to make us the best hockey player possible. And I don't know, as a coach, sometimes you need that kick in the butt. But um, definitely, I, I definitely found that I've become a better person, better hockey player after this year. So yeah, I agree. It kind of makes it difficult on you, but I think you realize after the fact that like sometimes you need that. But it was it was interesting. Playing for him was was one of the weirder experience that I ever had. It's also one of the reasons why like, with me not playing anymore was kind of like an interesting end to my my kind of hockey mm-hmm. career. But I mean, I yeah, it's pretty interesting. But I think so. What about what about your recruiting process? You're going to Suffolk next year, which is awesome. It's in Boston. It's gonna be sick. Like, kind of take us through your uh, kind of how that went because that was kind of like late in the year, kind of came up. But uh, yeah, kind of take us through that process and how you decided on Suffolk. Correct. Um, so I think a lot of us can attest to it, but um, kind of the COVID pandemic kind of slumped a lot of our recruiting processes and made it a little more complicated than it had to be. And obviously the recruiting process in itself is complicated and you throw the pandemic onto everything and it just presented more issues than probably all three of us wanted. Um, so I, I'd say my, my recruiting process was definitely a little slower than the average 20 year old hockey player. Um, after like graduating from Groton, I, I kind of had aspirations of taking my hockey to an, um, an academic institution with, that I could graduate with a solid degree. And that's kind of what I always wanted. That was the goal. Um, so early in the year, I had aspirations of, of attending like a, a NESCAC school or a Babson, for example. Um, and those are kind of my target schools. And Towards the middle of the year, I kind of had this, um, I kind of pivoted and the Suffolk coach reached out to me and said that they were looking for a, a defenseman. And um, at that time, I didn't know too much about Suffolk. Um, so I did my own research and I thought, why not? Let's give it a tour. Uh, let's give it a try. And we set up a tour and believe it or not, but as soon as I stepped on Suffolk's campus, like I, I was blown away. It, it was Something that I wasn't expecting, um, the campus is, in itself is a great location. It's integrated within the Boston city limits and Beacon Hill. It's a beautiful area. Um, it was a clean school. The dorms are nice. The buildings are really nice. Um, and they definitely harped on their academics and placement after college. And, and that's something I was looking at pretty pretty closely just because hockey's going to end one day and I, I'm going to need a job. So um, the fact that they were placing their students especially the hockey players and pretty good jobs um definitely like made me for made me feel more comfortable um that if Suffolk was the place I was going to choose like I know I'd end up in a fine situation so with a good combination of academics and athletics I I think it's going to be a place where I'm going to have opportunities to play if I put in the work and put in the time and um take it seriously enough um I think it's going to be a place I could excel in the classroom and, and athletically. And between those two things, I thought Suffolk was going to be a comfortable fit. And um, believe it or not, um, my brother just he just graduated from grad school and uh, he accepted a job in Boston as well. And this was uh, like right after I like picked to go to Suffolk. So um, his office is actually going to be about like a half a mile from my school. Um, so now we got the two Dempsey boys um, living in Boston next year. I'm sure Mr. and Mrs. Dempsey, they're, they're pretty stoked. I, was, I knew um, I was going to be so stoked for that. 
I know. My brother and I have already been talking like he might even get in on my meal plan or something. Like, we kind of, yeah. So he's already figuring out ways that he he could sneak into the Suffolk dining hall and uh, figure something out and get my meal plan card or something. Like, he's always scheming up something. But uh, yeah, I'll definitely definitely help him out in that regard. But it definitely worked out that we're both going to be in the city um, in Boston. And, um, it's it's gonna be a really great experience. I'm excited. I'm a city guy. I like being in a city, great location, and so everything kind of worked out at Suffolk. Um, and I'm pretty damn excited for the fall. So and the hockey season, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's nice. Definitely can't go can't go wrong going to school in Boston either. You're gonna have you're gonna have a blast, I'm sure. Except for the sports teams. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh come on. Let's go, Yankees, Devils. Yeah, oh, I'm God. an Eagles fan too, so that's a little bit of a curveball. Let's go, birds! Yeah, let's go, birds! Yeah. I don't know if I do. Birds. Yeah, I do want to yeah. know is that I know our last two guests have been New Jersey guys. Obviously, I'm a New Jersey guy. I'm not trying to say that like that's because you know it, it's just it's just the way it kind of went. But I mean, obviously, like Jersey guys kind of just get it. No, they get it. All <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't. I, I I would I would agree with you, except for the 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 whole sports team choices. I think that that if you're a Yankees fan, you you really gotta look look in the mirror for sure. <laughs> come on, come on. What is going on there? What is, what is that? Whatever. Don, right, you want to know? You want to know another hot take? Beats wireless headphones are better than AirPods. I agree with that. I have the same ones. Totally agree. Agree. They they fit better. They're more comfortable. Well, they'll hold it. They'll stay in for sure. But I I think that the sound quality. Oh uh, no no, the sound quality is better. I've blown out like six pairs of AirPods, and I just I know. I've always had problems with AirPods, and now I've had these indestructible Beats for like a year, and now they're like my prized possession. I don't know. <laughs> I was just looking at them. I thought they're they're just substantially better than AirPods. I think. Great take. I know. I know Gordo's got some too. He'd always he'd always lock in his his beats when when everybody else was having fun playing Suey or something. He'd always just sit on the side and listen to music. <laughs> oh. I gotta be dialed in. I gotta be dialed He's in. Dialed in. He's dialed What's in. your go-to music before a game, Gordo? Uh, I don't know. I would just listen to anything to get out of Suey, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Gordo seems like a Doja Cat for a game. Yeah, I could get with a little Doja Cat. You, you know how it is. <laughs> Dempsey, you were uh, you were kind of the DJ sometimes. It was kind of like a switch between you and Mike um, for us up in New Hampshire. So what, what's your uh, taste in music before games? Before games, um, I definitely like rap music. Uh, I think lyrically, like rap music's pretty pretty intense. And that kind of like got me pretty fired up um and like kind of just the rhythm of rap music was kind of like this like the beat that would kind of just like drive me to focus and kind of just get me pretty amped um I also like some like mashups and EDM um kind of get the heart rate going a little bit um I think uh between uh, EDM and kind of rap um those are kind of my uh my go-tos before a game although on on a bus I kind of like to listen to country music Cause that that kind of mellows me. Yeah, you gotta um, you gotta kind of fade into it. You can't you can't be going for 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 I don't know a bus ride and then and uh, however long and and just be going for 
for for ending up like eight hours. You're just like locked yeah. into the game. I think that's way yeah, too long. I can't do that. I mean, as soon as I step off the bus, it's that transition. But yeah, yeah. the bus is kind of just like uh, my my bed, my travel bed in a sense, and I'm kind of just hanging out. So yeah, just ask yeah. Uh, Baxter Kimball and Mike Tersoni about about listening to music outside the rig. They listen to hard style. They're they're getting they're getting oh. every minute of the day. The whole, every minute of the day. That's so. That's awesome. So, That's, why don't you give us like your your funniest memory from playing with the Abs away from the rink, just like with the boys? Could be from our year, could be from the year before. Probably our year. We had a good time. But uh, absolutely. <laughs> um, probably my favorite experience um, this past season as a uh, member of the Avalanche was. Um, a group of us went to Canopy Lake for um, – it's an amusement park. It was around Halloween, and um, I believe we had the next day off, so we kind of just doing whatever we wanted and uh, kind of just hanging out, having a good time. And Canopy Lake had, uh, like, this, like, fright fest, so they had a bunch of, like, haunted houses and stuff with professionals, and they had a bunch of amusement park rides. Um, they even had a show. Um, where, like, people were dancing around, singing. So between, like, going through, like, the haunted houses and stuff and seeing the guys, like, on your team who are, you know, super strong and super fit, but in reality, they, they were super scared in these these houses. It was just kind of funny, like, to see, like, who, who the big, strong guys were and who, 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 who are the guys that got scared really easily. And same thing for roller coasters. Like, some of these big, tough guys, like, they can't take these roller coasters, which I think is hilarious. Like, you're so big and strong, but... You can't even get on a roller coaster. Want to tell us who that was? I mean, I'm just. You want to? I I remember Mike Tersoni pretty vividly, not enjoying the the uh the haunted mansions. Um, I think there was a portion of uh that night too. I, I took French throughout high school and and middle school. Um, so I was doing a lot of French speaking um at Canopy Lake and like just like to some random people and I don't know they thought that was they thought that was pretty funny. Um. So all in all, just being with a big group of people, like on the hockey team away from the rink, like I got to see what they were like in haunted houses and roller coasters and a social setting like that, and that was that was pretty funny, and I, I had a lot of fun that night. So, yeah, Joe, what were we doing that night? You remember what we were doing? Uh, I don't remember exactly what we were doing, but we weren't doing that because we're not big roller coaster guys. Used to go. We were like, I'm not paying sixty bucks to go to a roller coaster. I don't like roller coasters, so we played Rock Band oh, all night, yeah. and it was or Garage Hero, Guitar Hero. It was sick. Yeah, we. I love Guitar Hero. I'm. I'm... Good. No, go ahead, Tom. I would say I'm more of a Rock Band guy because I like the, the the drums. Yeah, I I definitely, in hindsight, I wish we did go because I at the time I thought it was just going to be like roller coaster rides and i was like there's no point in me going if they're just going to be riding roller coasters all night but sounds like there was a lot more fun stuff besides that so definitely missed out yeah i ended up losing a lot of the guys towards the end of the night and um schmitty was there to pick us up um and i, I don't know like it got into his car and i kind of just hung out there for a little while and waited for the guys to come back so my night my night was a little shorter than theirs just because I kind of somehow like 
lost them and I knew our ride was there. So I just went to the car and thought that everyone was just going to meet yeah. there. And I ended up sitting in the car for like 45 minutes waiting for them. Which, so I kind of stuck. But you get that. That, that, happens. That, could, that could happen to anyone. Yeah. Also, Schmidt's a beauty, though. He was always picking dudes up. Like, what a rookie oh, yeah. it was. Oh, yeah. He, he yeah. was the on man. A, on a so. team with not a lot of rookies, he definitely uh, stepped up as one of the best rookies. Yeah, we didn't. Absolutely. Yeah, so. All right, well, I think we have one more question that we'll round out with. But before that, we have a little surprise. Thomas, can you please show us your famous dance move? Like, uh, all right. Uh, I got a few famous ones, you know. I got the shopping cart. I got the, uh, I don't know. I think I know what you want. I call this the, the gun shooter, you know. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's pretty easy. Like, you kind of just, like, you lock your elbows in. You kind of get this gun. And, like, it's a mixture of the hands moving and the chest moving, like, in a just random direction. So, like, kind of just letting the hands and the chest do the work. But really, you just have to have your elbows sit in nicely have it, and just kind of let your, your wrist do the work, your chest do the work. And it's great. It's, it's a crowd pleaser. I know everyone loves it. Joe loves it. He's kind of adopted it and added it to his own oh, dancing yeah. inventory. I've seen him use it a few times. Yeah, so stupid not to. I'll, yeah, I'll give awesome. you credit though. Every time I use it, I'll say, I'll, I'll mention your name. I think the best, the best thing to do in awkward situations <laughs> is dance. I, that's what I've learned. Like, I've been in a few awkward situations, and all of a sudden, I've just busted out a few moves. And even if people like take it negatively, like it's something <laughs> to talk about. All of a sudden, the situation's not awkward anymore. Like, like, uh, like. Now we're just talking, like, oh, even the person's like, oh, why are you dancing? Like, why are you not dancing? I don't know. What are you doing? Everybody's yeah. dancing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't recommend that for like a job interview. It could say, work, but, it, uh, could, it could maybe the guy who's interviewing you, a guy or a girl, maybe they really like dancing and they're like, wow, we really need some of this in the office. Yeah, a little energy and excitement. I don't know. At least, at least you're probably the person interviewing you will probably uh, oh, remember you as the guy who danced. Like, <laughs> you danced in the job interview. Yeah, at least you're, at least you remember it. Like, so All right. that's awesome. I'll, I'll never forget Dempsey. No sure the locker room before practice, just giving us the guns. Just that that was oh, yeah. be one of my best memories from the abs. I absolutely loved that. I thought it was the funniest. Uh-huh. Court court with the avalanche was was pretty funny. Um, we we had some pretty funny stories. I, I particularly like the stories from the guys like we weren't expecting to have funny stories. Like shout out Andrew Belogian, like my rookie. Um, like he probably had two or three stories the entire year, but they're always hits. Um, I'm trying to think. Like Jimmy Minig had a few few stories, but. Always hits. Um, Hotch and Maddie had a couple good ones. Uh, oh, yeah. Just notorious for just having nothing. No, nothing. Yeah. He'd always tell a story that had no point to it. Yeah, he would take a little yeah, while. We, with we the had to hit too, him with a so. violation yeah, every now and then. <laughs> yeah, it needed, needed to be – it needed to happen, so. Jimmy, though. Jimmy, yeah. all-time awesome. undercover funny guy. Like – First time you meet him, like, you wouldn't expect any kind of comedy out of this kid. He's just kind of, like, comes off as, like, kind of shy, kind of quiet, little little serious even, maybe. And then the more you know him, he's just, like, 
nonstop comedy. Yeah, and probably the furthest yeah, thing away exactly. from serious. You know? Like he's he's the funniest kid, and I had the privilege of uh, sharing a room with him this year. So that that was a lot of fun. Shout out the Halstead boys. They're in uh they're Florida right now, and fortunately I can't be there. But uh, yeah, Maddie, Aiden, and uh, Jimmy. Hello. Hopefully. So that's pretty funny. Uh, Dempsey, you got a movie recommendation for the folks sitting at home. Yeah, I saw your um your Instagram post the other day. Uh, I was trying to look, figure it out what good movie rec- recommendation. I'm very stereotypical with uh my movies. Like I'm a big Harry Potter guy. I love Harry Potter stories. Um, okay. but for you, like your history buffs out there, I really like this movie called Argo. Have you guys ever seen Argo? I saw um, I saw a trailer for that the other day yeah. for some reason. Yeah, I mean it's basically um it's a based on a true story um and it's about kind of just um the americans trying to get people who are trapped in a u.s embassy and bring them back to the united states safely as they were kind of just trying to avoid the great ayatollah khomeini and that kind of whole spree and and there was um they kind of escaped the u.s embassy where the great ayatollah khomeini raided and um they're hiding undercover and Basically, the U.S. had to go in there undercover and bring out, like, these 10 people without, yeah. like, them finding out that's a big old U.S. military scheme. So, I think that's a really cool movie. And, I don't know, it's a little different from what people our age usually tend to watch. So, I, I definitely would advise to watch uh, Argo. Um, I also really like this movie. Uh, oh, what were we saying? That's a sick movie. I agree with that. That's a sick movie. It is a sick movie. I'm also a little bit of um, a Christian Bale nerd, um, so I like all of his Batman movies, American Psycho. But if you're really into old time movies, this is Christian Bale's first ever movie. It's when he was about like eight years old. I don't know, maybe maybe like a little older. This is baby Christian Bale, like vintage. It's called Empire of the Sun, and like it kind of takes place during World War Two and. He was kind of just grew up in this privileged lifestyle. And then he was an only child. He kind of got separated from his parents. Um, and he always had a passion for planes, but that's like kind of like a side plot. Um, and it's basically about him going to all these kind of like refugee camps and him trying to connect with his um, his parents again. I mean, he's a pretty young boy. So it was, it was, he went through a lot to find them. And I think it's a really cool movie. Um, and obviously for you Christian Bale lovers, like, come on, it's Christian Bale as a young kid. Like, it's pretty damn cool. Like, it's Batman as a young kid. Like, that's like, I watch the movie now, I'm like, like, this guy's Batman, which is really cool. He so. grows up to be Batman. Literally, yeah. He, like, made it through World War II without his parents, and all of a sudden he's Batman. Like, come on. <laughs> doesn't get better. Entertainment doesn't get much better than that. Nope. Uh, Joe, Joe, you got a movie recommendation for the folks yeah, at home this week? I'm actually going to do another documentary. I, I think I'm becoming maybe the documentary guy on the podcast, but um, I uh, I'm going to recommend the Kanye documentary on Netflix. Really good. I I'll admit I was not really um a Kanye fan before this week, um, but I watched the documentary and it was just like it was so well done and just like. I learned so much about him too, like his story that like I I had no idea. Like 
he he like almost didn't even like make it in the rap game just because he was like he was the guy that like made the tracks for other rappers to rap on so once he kind of got famous doing that and then um once like he wanted to get into the rap game himself like nobody took him serious and it was just kind of an uphill battle for him it was really really well done and made me really kind of respect uh the journey that he had to take to get to how successful he became so definitely definitely uh i'd recommend watching that one that's a good one that sounds good i gotta i gotta explore that gordo movie recommendation i watched watched a couple because i was on the plane but i think the one i'll go for this week is the secret life of walter mitty because some of it takes place exactly like where i was in iceland last week so i thought it'd be cool to like watch and be like oh my god i was just there like that's sick but i don't know basically it's about this guy who lives like the most like mundane like super like average life like goes to work goes home just kind of like lives his normal life but he always like daydreams about like doing like really cool stuff and like doing all these like this crazy crap and he'll like zone out like in the middle of the day just like think about like, crazy like like stuff he wishes he could be doing and then he works at a magazine and then for like the last cover like this really famous photographer like sends him the picture he wants but he does it on film and he cuts the film out and like basically it's a whole adventure to find the photographer he goes all over the world and like he like does all like the stuff he said he always wanted to do in his life to find the photographer and he finds him and like it, it's it's just a wild story and it's super cool and it took place where i was so i thought it was fun but it's a cute movie secret life wall is there a book to that there might be i don't know that's a good point. There's, i feel like i've heard because there's a, it's a it's a remake of a older movie sounds like a book sounds like it'd be a good book Dom, I know you've been watching a lot of movies. What, what do you got this week? I'm sure you'll you can give us a couple. So I can give you a couple for sure. I can give you both ends of the spectrum for for you know manly and also not so manly movies. Um, I've just been sitting around. Uh, I'm watching this. I'd never seen the Star Wars. I know I talked about that on like the first episode. So um, I'm watching it in chronological order. So I watched one, two, three. I watched Solo, and then I watched Rogue One, and I'm about to watch Four, um, which is the original Star Wars. And uh, I think Solo was an unbelievable movie. I think that it was kind of really cool how it it shows kind of how Han Solo became the guy that he was and and how he met Chewbacca. I thought that was super cool. Um, And yeah, so that that was good. And then... Then a couple of days ago, I was sitting around and decided to watch a chick flick. So I watched How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, and that was that was it was a high quality movie. I can't I can't sit here and, and say that that it was that it was bad for sure. I I actually enjoyed it, and I didn't know if they would end up um, end up together. You'll just have to watch and see. I'm sure everybody has seen it. I feel like it's something that that you just have to see, but. But I've I never seen it. Yeah, well, it's 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 a good one. It takes place in New York, New York City. So I, it's a good movie. Old, old, not very old, but old. Um, probably early two thousands, and I I enjoyed it. So so it was pretty funny too. So that's that's what I got for a movie. A couple movie recommendations, and we'll see next week what 
what uh what star wars movie i've decided is my favorite hopefully i'm done by then new new star wars series series coming out on friday there are two two episodes of the the obi-wan kenobi show so um i'm excited for that nice yeah we'll see we'll see what happens uh dempsey do you have anything else that you kind of want to share before we we sign off here no not really but um just like i feel like my looking back at my uh hockey career as a whole like i i feel like hockey and it has taught me so much about myself and i I think about this all the time and i met so many people across the journey my journey and i always think about like how differently my life would be without hockey and um i don't know it's just something that for all all of us think about being hockey players but um i'm pretty grateful for for what i've done and what i have for the future and um i appreciate you guys having me on today and it's been it's been a lot of yeah, fun for so. sure definitely, definitely yeah, a crazy thing to think about i think for all of us could could say the same thing like i i have no idea what i would be doing without hockey but uh yeah thank you for coming on we really appreciate it always a pleasure to talk with you demps appreciate it joey thank you jace thank you dom of course buddy. you're welcome on, man. Really everybody good. thanks for thanks for tuning in uh, make sure to leave a nice review on the podcast Make sure you're following us on the Instagram and, you know, we're really excited for uh, you to listen to it, or I, I guess you've already listened to it if you're here in this part, but we're really excited for the weeks to come as well. And thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon.